Welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 92. This week on the episode, I've got a great conversation with Chris Newhard of the band Sleep Cycles. Um, had an awesome time talking with these with him about their these guys and their new music. Um, they're an extremely new project that he's working on, and it all came, you know, kind of through the COVID year and um, kind of came together around then, and they're just now starting to put out music, so you can be a very early adopter of this band. Um, a lot of cool stuff that we went over, you know, the formation of the band, um, kind of what it's like as a DIY artist, and... Um, evolving sounds and things like that chris has been playing music for a very long time um and in a variety of different uh musical projects and you know he's at a point now where he feels like sleep cycles is kind of the the home if you will so really excited for that um we talked about all kinds of stuff though you know we included working with uh Fred Mascherino from Taking Back Sunday, The Color Fred. Um, Fred also does production, and the guys were able to to link up with him. And we talk about the importance of networking and things like that in this episode, too. So if you're in a band and maybe you're struggling with some, some networking and things like that, you know, this will be a good one for you to listen to because Chris and I talk a little bit about just shooting your shot and how to kind of frame some of that up and and really um hopefully be able to pursue and work with the people that you want to work with and you know obviously money's a factor but it's not always the final say so um yeah let's go ahead and jump into this i don't want to take up a bunch of time here so we're going to jump into my conversation with chris newhard of the band sleep cycles so yeah, to start things off, I do start off with the same boring ass question every time, and that's the simple introduction: um, who you are, what you do in the band, and just a little background on you. Sure. Uh, well, I'm Chris Newhart. I'm the singer and rhythm guitar player in Sleep Cycles, and um, as far as about me, I'm a full time filmmaker, and I've been doing that on the 10, 15 years or so. And I run my own production company out of uh, the Philadelphia area and um sorry do you hear my cats they're like slamming on the doors it's like crazy um <laughs> i don't know a little nuts uh but yeah so you know i started sleep cycles a little bit ago just to try to like get back into playing music and um you know um i feel like with the pandemic and everything going on there's just been a big buildup of things that i felt needed to be voiced and expressed from my creative side and felt like the perfect outlet. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's kind of been a common theme, right? Like with the pandemic, everybody got shut down. So it was like, okay, what do I really want to do? Like, obviously you still love doing filmmaking, but like, I've got more passions in me. What, what's my focus? Where do I want to go with all this? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also funny because like, um, this was like, it's just uh, the rest of the band members are like way more um, qualified to be in like a band than I am. Um, 
and they're all like way better musicians than me. Uh, but it's just funny because it's just became this thing where I grew up doing so many bands and playing in all these shows. And as I got more serious about like being a filmmaker, what, what ended up happening is I ended up missing that outlet, the, the playing of music, like yeah. ridiculously. I put my cat in. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good God. Oh my God! Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Um, I'm the door. Oh my God. Yeah, no, my cat normally does it, but with these headphones on, I don't hear it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, I I think that's a an awesome point. Like, you know, when you have done something for so long, you know, like you said, growing up playing in different bands, and then it's not necessarily taken away from you. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're kind of close to my age. Like, adult life just got in the way right like so then it's like okay i have to focus on being an adult and paying bills and all this sort of stuff yeah but then then when you refine something like that it's like oh shit yeah this is this is what's up yeah it, it's like i mean my, my, i would say the majority of my adulthood i still played music but it was like two shows a year right i would and i and i was you know i'm thankful for all the shows i got to play i got to play a lot of great shows i would basically fill in like on guitar for like friends who had shows right. and and i wasn't involved in writing anything you know yeah and it turns out that like create the aspect of creating was equally as important for like um that you know, endorphin rush of, of mm -hmm. creative freedom as the performance side. I would say almost even more for me. Like I've done a lot of shows. I would love to play a ton more, but the ability to like to, to create something and have it mean something like to you, right. like, like that's the most powerful aspect for me. And so like, even like when we were going through writing these songs and working on things, like, you know, there was a discussion in the band of like, well, like i wonder what kind of style we should brand ourselves as so like what are, what are people going to think of these songs and I, and I couldn't help but like feel selfish in that moment right and be like i'll be honest i don't really give a fuck what anyone thinks of these songs yeah i'm not writing them for them i'm writing them for me and yeah. that's why i'm that's the only reason i'm doing it and i just hope someone else can get into the same mindset as me when they hear it and, and maybe relate to it a little bit yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because that's what I've said a lot of times on this podcast, even that off breeds creativity and breeds a fan base. So like, yeah, we could intentionally go out and write pop punk songs or pop songs or whatever. And it may appeal to the masses or to a group of people, whatever. But if I don't love what I'm writing or creating, then why am I doing what I'm doing? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see, too, like, you know, you can speak to this as well. Being in so many different bands, it's crazy to see fan bases. It still blows my mind to see fan bases that as a, a group grows up, right? That obviously the sound changes over the years and things like that. And how many fans, quote unquote fans, I'm going to be controversial there. Like, oh, I love the first album, but everything they did after that is trash. And it's like man, they grew up. They're not 19 year old kids anymore. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I mean, I, for me, like I'm a, I have a thrice tattoo right here. Yeah. It's like, you know, that to me is like that band that, you know, proved that that can be done. Yep. Um, 
and that's something that I've always like struggled with as a musician. Even it, it, I'll be honest, when I get in my car and I put on music, it's like hardly ever something that came out this year, right? <laughs> and I feel dumb paying for Spotify when it's the same like eighteen <laughs> albums I listen to. <laughs> you know, I'm like I can yeah. just get the freaking CDs and, and not pay all this money. But every now and then, um, every now, whoops, I, I accidentally muted somehow. Trying to enlarge this. Uh, every now and then you like hear a band or like a record or a song and you're like, that's what I wanted the evolution of, of that previous thing to become. Yeah. And, you know, my, without hearing those over the last 10 to 15 years, I don't think that what I'm writing now would be anything worth listening to. And I think it only is worth listening to now because of, you know, letting my ego aside and, and, and understanding and and under and comprehending the influences of all these like great musicians and bands and, and even friends uh like people can make an impact um you respect somebody like i know our bassist chris paulson he's constantly he he's older than all of us and he just got spotify for the first time like like during the pandemic and um because he was still talking about like burning cds and so right. we were like get out of here dude get get spotify and so he got it and he found more bands in like six months than I have in the nine years I've been subscribed to this damn thing. Right. <laughs> and so like that has been so fun. Um, yeah. You know, but it makes me feel like a terrible Spotify user. I'm not an ideal user. I'm right, not right. looking for new music. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not their primary market for sure. Yeah. But I think that to your point, it, it's so cool the amount of music that we have access to now. Like... If, I forget the exact stat. I want to say it's like 60,000 songs a day mm -hmm. are pushed to Spotify. Like yeah. it's an insane number. And like, are they all good? No, but are some of them just going to be everything that you ever. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The one so, thing that's really uh, nice about Spotify is the ability. I really like the ability to follow a band. We've been trying to like push people to like follow us that that function on it because it's pretty sweet when you like open it and it's like oh hey this band you listen to they got a new song today and yeah. you're like all right that's what's up and so we we just now are like in the last couple months like trying to figure out how to make the most of that function to try to get people to follow us um or to do like pre-saves like anything to get the word out that like shit's coming out is it's like impossible man like yeah it gets the I most love Spotify, but it is also a son of a bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, it, it definitely it can get lost in the noise. You know, with sixty thousand songs a day coming out, like, how do I make sure that I'm at the top of people's list or whatever? Yeah. Um, and to your point, you know, I I bring that up a lot about that follow button. Like, it's absolutely free for people to follow a band, and what it actually does for that band is bumps you up in the algorithm it gives more visibility it brings that music to more people yeah. um and obviously like as an individual if i follow your band i get notified when new shit happens yeah which is super cool too um but like i just don't understand why people don't want to use the follow button like same thing on on instagram or whatever too like yeah. just just hit follow if if they produced one thing that you liked a free follow on Instagram or Spotify or wherever is huge. Like that's all the thanks that somebody needs. Even if they never make something else that you like, you've shown support at least for the one thing you did. 
Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny because someone was like, are you guys going to do merch? And I was like, you want us to sell stuff? <laughs> yeah. You need to consume the free stuff first. <laughs> right. Right. We we can go down that path, but it's a little early, right? <laughs> I'll tell you, you, you get this song to uh, 25,000 plays and I'll get you a shirt. You know what right. I mean? Like, come on, this is the, this needs to be two ways here. See, and I think that's what a lot of casual listeners, I'll say, don't really take into consideration is like, they just assume even if a song's doing well, I just talked about this with another artist, like just because a song has, let's say a hundred thousand streams, that artist is not making a bunch of money off of you by listening not, to that album. Not at all. Um, so, you know, obviously we still want people to listen to Spotify, you know, selfishly for ourselves as well. But like the real factor in all that is again, the more visibility it brings to the band, the more opportunity for merch and tours and, you know, all the other cool shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it really is like, um, you know, it can't like, to me, I don't feel like the worry about Spotify is as necessary as, as people make it out to be. There's like a large emphasis on like, well, how will people hear the music? How would they do this? What should we do? Like there's so many questions. And, and to me, it's just like, okay, well, like you know make connections with people like just get people to listen like first start friends and like like i don't know that's how it all starts if 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 i see a billboard ad for a record i'm not i guarantee you i'm not going to listen to it i guarantee i'll give you a thousand dollars if you ever find (laughs) it on spotify right but if if somebody if i'm just like yo what are you listening to these days and someone just sends me a screenshot of something that's the next song in my queue immediately yeah so yeah i've got uh two friends that i'm really close with that like Every Friday, we check out our release radars on Spotify and we'll send each other songs off of our radars like, oh, dude, check this out or whatever. Yeah. And like, it's so cool because obviously each release radar is unique to the, the individual. But then you find songs like, man, it was a few weeks ago. Um, I had a song from Escape the Fates new album on it and he had a different song off the new album on his. Hmm. And it was just cool to see like, oh, well, they think I like this style of of music and he likes that style. So that's what songs they pick. Um, and it, I, it's led to the discovery of of bands like yourself and, and others where it's like, oh, you know, like Spotify's algorithm's pretty intelligent. Yeah. And it, it searches all these songs and it, like, for example, on your uh, Spotify right now, uh, if you're a fan of, Valencia, My Chemical Romance, Stone Sour, Corey Taylor, like the the bands that are listed as your fan base, is it's funny, right? Like it's hilarious yeah. to think about some of this, but it's like, oh shit, like I can't oh, I lost you. What'd you say? I I said it it is funny that you know, like some of these connections, like they throw hailstorm on yours. Um, oh my God! Hailstorm being on yeah, there next to like yeah. Newfound Glory, and you're like, "What is right. going on?" They're they're actually right next to Fallout Boy on yeah. on the screen. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, oh, maybe this is the next wave. Like these things are breeding this new genre or style, yeah. um, and it shows, you know 
you can speak obviously to your guys's inspirations and stuff, but like it kind of shows some of that that oh they they do sound you know technically like hailstorm, but vocally sure. maybe there is some some Fallout Boy or whatever. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think it's awesome. I mean, I it's like it's funny, but like right, <laughs> I don't know, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I think the worst thing that could ever be said to me is someone who would be like, you know, you sound like Blink-182. And I'd be like, ah, you don't know anything about this music genre, do you? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for someone to be calling out like two wildly different kinds of groups and being like, oh, there's some, there, I'm seeing influences from these things, which means that someone who can listen to us can also get into these bands. I love that. That's amazing. Right. Uh, we try to make a band that and, and create songs that like, do not just fit into a box necessarily. Um, there's all there's so many influences. Like our drummer is in like a reggae band, and so he brings these like crazy beats to it. And you know, Chris Paulson comes from like the generation before us, where he was in Tokyo Rose uh, and Color Fred and Secondhand Saturday and like all these bands. And so like he comes from that like foundational group. And then my guitar player Steven. He's like this amazing, amazing, uh, like metalhead guitarist who like really enjoys playing like pop punk fun shit too. Right. So he got he's got a little bit of like a jagged edge to like the the things that he puts in there where that stuff isn't usually present in like the genres we listen to. So it's really fun. And I grew up like listening to acoustic music, right? And like Glenn Hanser and like you know like all these like alternative and soft rock and and folk music. So there's like this 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 collaboration that's kind of creating this fun like ultimate touching it's like a right. it's like an everything pizza you know it's got a yeah. little bit of everything you know yeah it's it's like a uh it's like a super group but from so many different genres <laughs> yeah not just like different <laughs> bands, but like genres completely you know it's pretty cool so i like that a lot it, it makes me feel really good knowing that like um there isn't a desire to be necessarily anything we grew up listening to there's just a desire to have fun and make things that are meaningful you know yeah yeah for sure uh i lost you for one second give me a second i'm going to switch networks real quick okay the beauty of living out in the country man sometimes my uh primary internet just is trash oh man It may drop for one second here in a minute, but all right. Um, yeah, no, but I think, you know, that's the cool thing too for, for music fans like myself, where I'm the same way, man. Like I grew up listening to all sorts of stuff. Like obviously very young was whatever my parents listened to, like a lot of Metallica, Guns N' Roses, you know, classic rock. And then when I got like my teenage angst years, it was everything from like fucking rancid to you know green day all that and you know you mentioned like the color fred secondhand serenade like i remember all those back in my myspace days yeah that's, you know like let's, let's put some age on ourselves here um and i i think that's the beauty though is like growing up with listening to all those different genres and and types you can really sit down and appreciate a band like yours where it's like uh, yeah that guitar riff's not a normal like pop punk guitar riff or like you said the the drums there's something just a little bit different about how that drum works yeah it's it's fun and and i think that's what like really makes 
sleep cycles feel unique at least, uh, or at least if it's not unique, because obviously that's not a first, that's, that's been done a million times, but I would say that there is a desire. I don't want to say it's negative, but I think there's a pretty strong desire in like the punk pop rock world to like live in the past. Oh yeah. And that nostalgia. And I think everyone's like trying to just like reach for that dragon, that nostalgia that like they once felt and now no longer feel and are frustrated and have become the old guy going music sucks these days. (laughs) And so I agree with a lot of that, but I think that there's like a really cool thing that can happen when you like let other influences come in and you can really create sonically much more diverse and, and dynamic songs than ever would have been approved or made that long ago. Like I grew up listening to um, in a pretty conservative Christian family. And um, like, I grew up listening to this group, like DC talk. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not sure if you know who they are, but they were like a rock rap trio group. Um, and they were awesome. And that like created this world in my head where like, one song can be completely different genre feeling than the next song. And that's okay. Which is like, as you know, like blasphemy in like the rock. Like if it's not rock, get it off the record. Right. And it's like, yeah, but like, I don't know. What if it's good? What if, what if somebody's in the mood? Yeah. Well, and like, you know, going back to even like old school Metallica, right? Like Mm -hmm. you had heavy rock, slash metal songs and then to unforgiven or they went into you know these really lighter songs and it's like oh it is time to take a little bit of a break for three minutes or whatever it's going to be um and to your point just a minute ago about the nostalgia feel i think a perfect example of that is the fact that the band state champs pop punk band from new york just covered chicago so two years ago by fallout boy yeah like you know, you've got this band that really they're, they're kind of at the top of the pop punk scene. And even they're going, you know, we Fallout Boys really like they're legends, you know, let's do a throwback and people are eating it up. Um, but I think also maybe to your point, like it's a fine line, right? Like you, yeah, we want to relive some of that old glory because some of the new music absolutely is dog shit. But (laughs) at the same time, like if if I only listen to the old stuff, I'm not going to find sleep cycles necessarily. Right. So you still have to try to branch out. And that's where I think Spotify does an amazing job with those for fans of type things. You can just go down there and be like, oh, I've never listened to them or, you know, I forgot about this band and go check out new stuff. Yeah, I it's taken me a lot of trust. I have right. <laughs> trust issues with Spotify. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt like we dated for a long time before it started to understand what I was into. And now I love it. And so yeah. that's something that like, even still, like it's created um, this really interesting, like um, when I, when I listen to like a random playlist or something like that, I am this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like Summer Catch Up or what? Here's the songs you listened right. to last week. Also, I'm so sorry about all these messages. Oh, um, good. <laughs> I'm in a group chat and I don't know how to turn it off right now. <laughs> like coming fine. through the laptop, I don't know how to turn it off. Um, no, you're so, fine. 
<laughs> but like what it does is it allows me to kind of have a playlist of like things that influence di- those actual different kinds of songs can be influenced by very specific things. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I and I think that. yeah, I, I think that it, to your your point, there's a meme that I just saw the other day that was about like Spotify trying to learn an algorithm for each individual. And it's like on the meme, it's everything from like metal to acoustic folk rock to like 1800s pirate sea shanties. Like good luck figuring out what the fuck I'm listening to. Cause I don't yeah. even know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it It's nuts, but um, yeah. So Sorry, my cat was running around by my feet and she got pissed because I kicked her and I didn't realize she was down there. <laughs> yeah, we're in the same but I have three of them in the room right now and they're just like, I'm like, oh my God, what is, this is yeah. mayhem right now. <laughs> yeah, it, I love her, but at the same time, it's like, don't don't be around my feet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so let's do some of the new music that you guys are releasing, right? So... Uh, the latest single I actually just featured on my playlist last week. Um, come on and say it with uh, Fred from mm-hmm. the the color Fred of Taking Back Sunday. Um, a lot of people don't really understand or know that like he does production, he does mixing, he, like man of many many talents. Absolutely. Um, I assume Chris was the the lead in for that with you know being yeah. a former guitarist with them. But what's it like to work with someone like that? Because you and I kind of have come through that same age group and genre to see like, oh, my God, that's fucking Fred. Like, what's what's happening here? Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely bonkers and batshit crazy. I'll just say that. Um, I have brought up to the band like I I think we have some good songs. I think we should start recording them. Everyone was like, I think we should keep writing before we start recording. And and I, I just wanted to what do we you know, we can sound one way here in the practice room. But what do we sound like? Like we should start recording, even though we're not done writing, because it's I think it's important for us to understand what what's working, what's not working, what's it's going to sound like. Because when you're doing a, like sleep cycles as a band for fun, we're right. here to have fun play shows, make music, and not have preconceived notions that the world is going to bow down and let labels are going to, like, no, we all have lives. Chris is a state trooper, you know, like Greg runs like a music school, like there's a lot. So for us, it's like, if we're going to do this, let's make sure that we don't write 10 songs that suck. Like, what do they sound like when they're recorded? Are they even good? You know, do we even need to, do we need a vocalist or do we need to replace me? I won't care because this is for fun. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah. things like that. So we, what we did is, um, you know, we kind of put a list together of like different producers who want to re- uh, work with. Um, and Chris ended up reaching out to Fred who runs Diver Down Studios in Westchester, which is about 25 minutes from me. Um, and I was kind of like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> we probably can't afford him. It's going to be intimidating for me to work with him. I don't really want to sing in front of Fred from Taking Back Sunday. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, and be like, yeah. these are my songs. And he's going to be like, I have a gold record on my wall. <laughs> right. <You know> I, <laughs> mean? So, <laughs> I was like, oh boy, this is going to be nuts. And he, it couldn't have been a better experience he I, i'm so i feel so like blessed to 
like have him as a friend that like we just text and, and talk now um and that's like such an amazing thing to have but as a producer i mean what he brought to the table was invaluable um i i had never recorded like guitars the way he's done guitars um like i don't know i've always been like all right here's the tone let's play through the song <laughs> maybe we do it again and double it all right that's that whereas like fred likes to approach every part of the song like the intro the verse the pre-chorus the chorus the second verse the bridge the end the trippy shit at the end whatever every single one of them is a different guitar and a different amp and a different sound every single one so it took us like so long to record guitars and i was like what is going on and then we heard it and i was like oh this is how they do it <laughs> like at the high level this is what they yeah. do and i didn't realize that you know so yeah and honestly i don't think a lot of of young musicians realize that either like they hear it and they understand like the core concept but when you actually go into a, a studio setting with a professional, especially a tenured professional like Fred, you're in for a fucking ride. You're going to learn some stuff. You're going to have a new appreciation for things. And, you know, not that, I mean, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, not that any of your, your old recordings or demos were bad, but then to see that polish that Fred puts on it, it's like, oh, yeah, maybe we didn't know what we were doing like you know we we just absolutely kids kids uh, playing in an right, adult man. world like josh i can't even tell you how mind-blowing it was like to be like this is how it's done and then i just like flash back to every single time i was in the studio and i was like <laughs> all right guitars are done and like <laughs> just no they're not you we need to be on this for nine more days and 15 more amps and 17 different layers that should be blended perfectly and you know i just he has ear like it's funny he'll do um we'll do like one part of the song and this is doubled right so right. there's two different guitars for me with two different amps at at, at all moments and they change like every 18 seconds so like that to me was like so amazing to learn how to craft that. And he has like so many amps and guitars. Right. And he's like, now let's do it again. And we'll change microphones to see if it sounds any different. And I'm like, but yeah. we just did it. <laughs> right. And then you hear it and you're it already like, sounds right, cool, Fred. Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at some points, I just felt like, I don't even know if these are songs are worth you doing all this, dude. But then he, you know, he really like got into them and, and was like, just helped us craft them into like such an amazing like you know group of songs and um we're released you know we just released confines our last week and we have two more dropping in the end of october we're going to put an ep out and that'll be like you know our first ep and i'm so pumped to be able to say it was like produced and, and engineered by fred mascherino and then we got him to sing on a song which yeah. like I remember like having my headphones on and finishing all the vocals for come on say it. And he was like, all right, I guess that's the end of the song, man. That's congrats. And I was like, Hey, do you, can you, can you re remove some of mine and just sing them yourself? 
And he was like, I would love that. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought you were going to be like, nah, I don't really want to do that, you know. And yeah, he was like, like, oh, dude, really? That would be so cool to be on your song. And I was like, yeah. you are such a class act, man. Yeah, I think, you know, like, that goes to show the whole, obviously, within a realm of professionalism, but shoot your shot, you know, like, a lot of these guys, if you are able to work with someone well known, even if it's a locally well known person, most of them want to help the music scene. Yeah. So it's never going to hurt. Like, absolute worst case scenario, what would happen? Fred would have been like, nah, I'm good. We got what we need. And yep. you just would have moved on. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But then, like you said, to to get the, like, are you serious? Like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. Like, holy shit. All right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I had a similar moment with our song Blister, um, mm -hmm. where I had done like a rough bridge and I reached out to Shane Henderson from Valencia, and who's a really good friend of mine. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, he's somebody I grew up watching sing. And so it's like I can he can be one of my best friends and I there's still intimidation and in being like, hey, man. But, Do you want to be a part of this? <laughs> yeah. And I think part of that, it's kind of twofold. Correct me if I'm wrong. One is like the, even though you've known him a long time, you know, Valencia was huge back in the early 2000s. Like, so there's that name recognition and things like that. And then yeah. the flip side of that coin is a little bit of the like imposter syndrome that am I, am I good enough to ask him to Exactly. My or you know like exactly we, yeah are we in this the right spot for this um but again i think you know a authenticity breeds that that community right so you're writing songs that you're passionate about people see that and go yes i want to be a part of this project um and and kind of be like you know fred for example fred's been in the music industry for what 25 years now <laughs> like yeah he obviously wants to build the next generation and help you know the scene stay alive yeah it's it's definitely uh it's like um i don't i don't know really what to call it to be honest i, I just will say that it having his involvement is paramount and and was paramount to us just believing in ourselves um, because the imposter syndrome thing is real. That's a very real thing in creatives. And I, almost every single stage from texting Chris Paulson and being like, do you want to make a band? To like right. hitting up my friends in an honest year, well, they had broken up at that point, and being like, are you guys bored? Do you want to play in my band? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. none of this, like every single stage. And then it was like, do you have songs? And I was like, well, here's the song I wrote. It's like at every point there's imposter syndrome and then it comes together and you're like, oh, hey, this worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? And I, I think that's important for, for young musicians, especially to, to learn as early as possible that it, it sounds terrible. You're never going to feel like you're good enough. You know, right. like I guarantee you, Fred still has moments where somebody hits him up to, you know, mix a song and he's like, why are they why are they reaching out to me like yeah. you know they could have got somebody else or whatever but i you know like 
Kellen Quinn's a perfect example too. Like that dude is featured on everything right now. Like yeah. I guarantee you, he goes to bed sometimes and he's like, why are people so interested in my vocals? Like, who am I? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the earlier, I guess my point with that, the earlier that you realize that a lot of times your mind lies to itself that, you know, like not everybody sees you the way that you see you. So right. just because you don't feel like you're good enough or not in the right spot doesn't mean you shouldn't take the chance. Absolutely. That's, that's an incredible phrasing there too. It's because it affects everybody, you know, everybody, but you have to try to develop a healthy ego and a healthy right. pride in yourself. And that's hard. Um, especially in a, it's, this is a very polarizing, um, like genre. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like very quick to judge. Oh, that's not metal. You want to hear real metal? Oh, that's not punk. That's all blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, and, and it's so judgy. And so every now and then you get like these, these influential artists who sort of help you bridge the gap and be able to have conversations with people that like you normally wouldn't be able to. And, and part of that's just overcoming that fear and having a healthy ego that like you deserve a seat at the table. Uh, yeah. Even if you don't feel like you do, um, because that's what's going to influence the next generation, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, throwing it way back to your point earlier about, you know, being a big fan of Thrice and having the tattoo, like they're a band. If you listen to Artists in the Ambulance all the way up to Scavengers, mm -hmm. no album's really the same. Nope. You're going to have so much variety, even each album. And I think it's bands like that, like to your point about bridging gaps, like yep. here's a band that is literally changing the sound and people are following it because it's fucking thrice. Like, right. You know, we, we grew up with them. Let's see what they're doing. Oh shit. That's cool. And it opens so many doors along the way because now all these other bands can be like, yeah, I sound kind of like this when thrice was doing that or whatever. And it's like, right. I would check like this era of that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's funny because I, I took our guitar player Steven to a Thrice show like right after we started jamming, right after we yeah. made sleep cycles. And I and he and I was wearing a shirt like this, and he was like, What's your tattoo? And I was like, What do you mean? <laughs> it's <laughs> obviously the artist, like the alchemy. Right. And he was yeah. like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, It's it's thrice. And he was like, I don't know who they are. <laughs> and so I was like, Well, that's that's perfect because they're playing in a month and we're now going to go. And then we got back and we still went to band practice after that. And the next three songs had a little, little thrice vibe going on. <laughs> right. But it, isn't that such a great feeling? And I, I hope fans or listeners take this away too. Isn't it such a great feeling when you're able to turn a, a person on to a band that you love oh God, and that you're connected it's to? It's amazing. It's absolutely it, amazing. My, it's the same feeling you get with like Netflix, right? And you're like, Someone right. you like tell somebody watch a show and they're like, I don't know. And then they're like, oh, I'm on episode one. And you're like, just keep with it. And then they're like, oh my God, the season finale. <laughs> and you're it's that same feeling. Like with music, uh, you know, like I have this one of my best friends, Chris Lopez. He uh he just released his first two songs for a group called Beach Dream. Um, they're incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and you know, he, I think he's like one of the most powerful musicians and songwriters in my life of like all of my friends like i just love what he does right. and he was like here's the songs what do you think and i was like oh my god these are so good like 
And he was like, whew, I was so scared to of like what you were going to say. And I'm like, what are you scared of? <laughs> I've been following you. You were my best friends for like 15 years. What are you? I'm going <laughs> to every one of your shows. Why do you think I would be scared? And but it just goes to show that like you like you were saying, like, even if there is like like I played music with him for like a decade, like even at that level where we we are equals in my mind, other people can have imposter syndrome of you who has currently imposter syndrome. Right. You know, which is wild. Yeah. So it, it's nuts. It. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, again, obviously if you're going to do it, be respectful. Like if you reach out on Instagram and you're hitting up Drake, like, odds are you're probably not going to get a reply, but don't be an asshole about it afterwards. Or if, you know, a band is like, yeah, you know, we're on the road. I just don't have time to check it out right now. Like 99% of the time that shit is not personal. So don't take it personal. Absolutely. It is, they have lives too, you know, and as, as awesome as it is when an artist shows love to another artist, like I think I think you can attest to this too. It's not, um, what do I want to call this? It's not like an expectation, right? Like you have no expectation that anybody's going to listen to sleep cycles and that they have to say something to you. Right. There's no obligation to that. But then when it happens, you know, let's say, you know, that thrice checks it out and Dustin hits you up and he's like, Hey, that's fucking rad. Like, oh shit, you know, like, this is super cool. <laughs> I'd probably print it out and frame it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, I'd be like, we got to call but, it quits while we're on, while it's a high <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah. one of my cool ones was, like, with this podcast, talk about reaching, I reached out to Shane Told of Silverstein, and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, would you be on my one-year anniversary for my podcast? And immediately he was in and I was like, oh shit, you know, to your point earlier, like, unless you ask, you never know. You never know. And it could, it could be an amazing relationship that comes from it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously we've got the EP getting ready to come out, um, yeah. still a little bit of, of time on it, but, um, kind of what are the plans for you guys? Obviously COVID starting to lighten up, but you all still have adult jobs and things like that. Yeah. Uh, are you looking towards like music videos, especially with you doing film and stuff? Is it no, let's play a bunch of local shows. Like kind of where's your guys's head at right now? Sure. So there's a couple things. Um, one, we are in the middle of writing a, a massive amount of songs. So we're, we're just putting an EP out because I think there, there just needs to be some sort of formal yeah. release of something. But the, the, the reality is that we're, all, we're just working towards a full-length record right now. Um, awesome. And that'll probably come out like next fall. So we're kind of looking at it as, as like, we're kind of older. Uh, you know, all the bands that we played with are mostly broken up with, like we, the friends that are booking. There's a whole right. new generation of people. So we're going to spend the next year or so working on our full-length record. And uh, trying to just get people to just hear of us and become fans and develop new relationships with all these new amazing groups. Um, 
and like find people to play shows with like we're kind of all really picky now and we want to play good shows with good bands at great venues and and so you know a lot of that just comes down to being like okay well if we're going to follow the spirit of that this music is for us then who we associate with how how that show comes out what are we doing like that should also fall in line and we should be you know making sure we're not following like a random you know person in a different genre in a coffee house you know what i right. mean like it should be like real shows and like uh be catered yeah. a little bit towards like the audience that we're trying to build so you know right now we're really just focusing on um essentially just getting the songs out and and getting it in front of people uh you know doing these interviews like we are just brand new i mean we've been around about two years but until the first song came out this year we didn't exist to anybody right. besides us right so the loudest bird in the word world landed <laughs> on my freaking window so um <laughs> it was just like at the screen just like dup, 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 like <laughs> stop dude <laughs> um so we're trying to do that we'll probably do another music video um i think in the spring we're going to re-release our ep with a bunch of bonus tracks and uh, reimagined, we might do like side one, like do a vinyl, and maybe like side one is our EP, and side two is like a re reimagined version of our EP or something. Uh, just to, to have, do some, like we were talking about earlier, just do some cool shit, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's kind of a lost art right now. Like, obviously, if anyone doesn't know, like printing actual vinyl is expensive so mm -hmm. like you have to be sure what you want to do because it's not a oh we tried it, it it didn't work or whatever like no we spent some money on this like we have to make sure it's good yeah. um, but i think that would be cool because i think that's kind of a lost thing with the you know here's our ep flip it over literally flip it over and here's that same ep but it's totally fucking different you yeah know? like yeah we've reimagined everything and what if we you know what if this song was a metal song or what yeah, if this yeah. song was stripped to acoustic like what the fuck is this and that's yeah. so cool so that that way I, I pitched that to them and luckily they were into that so we'll, we'll use yeah. the digital release this month we're gonna i think we're gonna try to release it right around halloween maybe halloween night something like that um and we'll let just people hear it right and get used to it and right. start to develop us as a brand or or whatever they want to associate us with because right now it's just singles and the singles get added, but then, you know, there's just not enough to get a full like car drive rotation. When you're, you know, I feel like yeah. that's when people get into music, they're like driving or they're like doing yard work and listening. So you kind of need like a half an hour of songs to really get into a, a major thing. So once that's out and we really have some people, we'll start probably over the winter re-recording a lot of the songs as different versions and just for like the, the special release vinyl and then Hopefully that and a shit ton of great shows will lead up to uh, a very successful first album, just being completely yeah. independent, you know? Yeah. And I, I want people to know that about you guys, too, is that you are an independent band. Like mm -hmm. you guys are as as DIY as it can be. Yeah. So, you know, when we talked earlier about the simple follow button on Instagram, Spotify, like wherever you're listening to music the pre-saves like that shit for a DIY independent band is massive Absolutely. because there's not a red label to help push that stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because like, it's, 
I mean, we're old enough now that like it's not going to hurt our feelings if people right. listen to our songs. But you know, it's like on Facebook, I have like I don't know, thirty five hundred friends, and I post like, yeah. "Hey, I'm in a band. You want to listen to the songs?" And everyone's like, "Hell yeah!" And then I'm like, "Here's the link," and then you get like twelve plays, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you it's so free. much. You don't even got to pay for it. Just, it's just listen. Right. It's just there. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the same thing with the podcast. You know, I've got this one, then I've got another one called Musicians for Mental Health. Um, you know, so trying to promote those. I do photography outside of this. So there's been all kinds of times where I'm in the exact same boat as you where like, hey, guys, here's a cool thing I'm working on. Would Would you be interested in doing a little bit of support? Just give it a share, you know, share yeah. my promotion or whatever. And then it's like crickets. And it's like, man, I didn't even ask you for money. Like y'all couldn't hit a button. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, as an independent artist in 2021, uh, I don't think a lot of people understand how much it costs to do this. Right. Um, and that, like, you know, we've played one show and we have, six songs you know a single ep and we've already invested thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into this you know what i mean so like making we already made a music video for the 88 that we released and and you know we have all these things we got to do and gear that's got to be show ready and all these things and and i think what's really important is that people to understand that like we're doing it like so that people can hear these things and, and maybe right. enjoy it you know maybe get something out of the songs we're not we're not we're not looking to to take a lot of people's money or anything we're just releasing it all for free because we just want people to hear the songs and and and, and enjoy them um the way that I, i've become very obsessed with a lot of bands I've heard, and and maybe there's a chance somebody might really connect with some of the things I've written about in the lyrics, um, especially post pandemic. A lot of the songs are about dealing with, you know, trauma and and darkness and and yeah. things that happened. And you know, I in the last year and a half, I, I lost two of my best friends, and um, you know, I know a lot of people who have lost family members and, and the isolation and depression that happens during a lot of these things. And that all kind of came out during a lot of this process. So, you know, I, I think that there's a lot for people to connect and relate to in the songs yeah. and, and um, you know, especially like our new single confines, like that's getting such an amazing reaction. And, and I've had so many people reach out and been like, Hey, I just listened to your new song and Holy shit. I didn't expect to connect with it and I really did. And, and thanks for writing that. And it was awesome. And I'm really proud of you. And like any text like that, like, oh my God, right, I like right. made my week, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's those simple things like a comment on a uh, Instagram post about a new song, that same thing, like an yeah. Instagram DM, you know, you guys are really active on Instagram and to see that stuff come in and go, shit, we, you know, we made a connection with someone like, I really don't think non-creative people, and I don't mean non-creative as a bad thing, but like if you're not in a creative field, filmmaking, music, art of some sort, I don't think you can fully grasp how powerful it is to have someone be like, hey, this really hit home for me and I really appreciate that. Like 
Absolutely. You don't need to write me a paycheck anymore, man. Just that's what I needed. You know, that's what I, yeah, exactly. I take from. Exactly. So, you know, just to do due diligence here, because I know Chris Paulson will scream at me if I don't. Right. Uh, you know, everybody who's listening, you know, go check us out at, at Instagram. You know, it's Sleep Cycles PA as in Pennsylvania. Uh, that's where you can find us. Sleep Cycles PA for Instagram. Sleep Cycles PA for Facebook. We have a website. It's uh, sleepcyclesmusic.com. We just launched it like two days ago, three days ago, um, which was uh, fun to make websites. I'm like, I am so bad at this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everything's yeah. up there and pictures and bios and, and all the songs are up there. And so, um, you know, everybody can check us out and follow along. And, and um, we just want to like meet people. We just want to like, meet bands and meet fans, meet people who are into what we're into, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously I'm going to have all the socials linked, um, but like to your point there, like, yeah, Instagram's free to set up. Spotify is technically free to set up, but there's cost on the backside of a website. There's cost on the backside of getting music distribution. Like to your point that, you know, you're sinking at this point, realistically, a few thousand dollars into the band. And it's like, okay, you know, I've spent this money. I'm not asking to become rich and famous off of it. Cause that's, I mean, obviously everyone wants to be rich and famous at some point, but like, that's not the ultimate goal for you. It's, I just want people to look and go, man, he worked hard on this and I really appreciate what he's doing. And this, absolutely, you know, this gets me through the tough time or, you know, the, the losing of family to your point, or even friends, through the pandemic and then to hear one of your songs and be like, fuck, he gets what I'm going through. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that like, you know, to I'll bring up something else we didn't really get to talk about, which is the mixing and mastering of the songs. So um, expensive. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, but like, it's the most important part. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and so we were like, ah, we'll just get someone to mix it. Not a big deal. Fred did such an amazing job producing it. But like, honestly, when we actually sat and thought about it, it was, it was, you know, a, just a, again, touch on what you were talking about, Josh, with like reaching out and just hoping maybe something happens. Like my, a good friend of mine, Joe Robinson was in the sky life in Saleta and um, I lived with him for a while. And I remember one day I was like, Hey man, how does your, how do your songs sound so good? Like they just sound like radio quality. And he was like, Oh yeah. Like we worked with Paul Levitt and I was like, Oh, I don't know who that is, but whatever. Uh, cool. And then like years later, it like popped in my head. I was like, well, let me look up Paul Levitt. And it's like, Oh, he did yellow card. He did the used. He did all time low. He did everybody we yeah. listened to is on his, his website. And I was yeah. like, Oh man. And he as another person that I just cold emailed and I just went, it was like a contact form on his email. Right. And I was like, Hey, I have songs. Do you like them? And if so, will you right. please work with me? And I will just finish this email by saying, I know I can't afford you. I just have to, I have to try. I know right. you're going to say no, but I have to try. And he was the nicest guy. And he was like, hell yeah, here's my rate. And I was like, oh, I'm not at a record label. I can't afford this in the least bit. And right. then he was like, all right, we'll just make it work. What do you got? 
And I was like, oh my God, this is the, the coolest fucking dude in the world. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I think that's, that's the point too. Like when you're creating our, I think I kind of mentioned this before when you're creating that is authentic and has actual substance and meaning people want to be connected to that, you know? And I think yeah. that's a credit to you that, yeah, I mean, you had the connection with with Chris Polson and and Fred, so maybe some people are going to be like, oh, well, it's it's because of that. That's why they got Fred. Even if you take that out, for Paul Levitt to hear your songs and be like, yeah, no, I do want to be a part of this. Like, that's a big yeah. fucking testament, man. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, we we none of us had a. I mean, I I had the subtlest of connections of just being like, I heard your name through my old roommate who right. recorded with you. 12 years ago i doubt you even remember because you were in the meantime creating helping to create a band called the dangerous summer ever heard of them you know right. like, you know yeah. like he did like almost everything they ever did and so like that to me was like i'm such a huge fan of their sound and so many other records he's done that like he brought sonically something to sleep cycles that no one else could um which is like that finishing that finishing touch that just made us be able to compete sonically and, and audio dynamically wise. Like when you're listening, you're like, this is at the, the levels it should be. It sounds legit. And it like, he understands the emotional things we were trying to do. And then that's another person that just became this amazing, like friend. I've never met right. Paul in, in real life. And we text all the time. And, and I'm just sitting here being like, wow, like, if I was growing up again, if I had to go back and do like growing up again, I would have spent a lot more time reaching out to people and telling them how much what they made meant to me because yeah. you can create incredible friendships with people. And I feel like it's like a, my own version of a pen pal, like a musical pen pal, right. you know, right. like there's someone I don't know that knows these intimate things about me as we've exchanged notes and texts about the yeah. songs and here and this line, can you make this line do this? Because it's about that. And I, you know, and, and so there's just this, this aspect of like with, with all the songs that Sleep Cycles does, like we crafted every single part of the experience for people to really enjoy every, every part of it as much as possible. And we just want people to give it a shot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the last things I'll end with, and I want your input on this. So it's kind of twofold. Number one, are you a believer that EPs and albums are intended to be listened straight through at least the first time. And B, are you a headphone or open air listener? Ooh, okay. Okay. For instance, are you saying that <laughs> if I listen to something the first time, I'm not allowed to jump to track six. I got to start at one and make my way through. Right. That that's my belief is an album is arranged the way it's arranged for a reason. So like the the first thrice album, like if you were to sit down and listen to that for the very first time, yes, you've probably heard the single, you know, through the radio or Spotify or whatever now. But if you're gonna listen to that body of work when it gets released, are you a straight through or do you jump around and just see what's there? I am almost always a straight through person. I will hardly ever put on an album, like a record, uh, EP or full length. And I'll hardly ever start it like four songs in. 
I will almost always start at the beginning because out of respect for the time that went into that. Now, if I'm looking to listen to a song, right? that's different. Where I'm like, someone's like, oh, I want to show you this song. It's on this. And I show, that's different. Yeah. If I'm like, you know what? I want to listen to State Champs. First song goes on. Or it's like, put the story so far on. It starts at the first song, you know? Yeah. Uh, Because ultimately that sets the tone for the entire record. If I were to listen, like, I love the Menzingers and the record after the party. If I didn't listen to the first song, the rest of the record wouldn't make any sense. Right. And the first song lyrically is what made me like them to begin with. So, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you kind of miss that. Uh, in terms of how I listen, um, so I have a, being a filmmaker, I have like so many different kinds of headphones. And like, even right now, I have like big studio monitors that comes through here. And there's all that fancy shit. And that's great. But when I'm digesting music for the first time, it almost always is in my car okay. because I need to, I, it's like, to me, once I've heard it in my car, it can make its way to my headphones or to the right. computer speakers, but I need to be surrounded with the tones, the vibrations. I need to feel it and I need to be able to be really loud and try yeah. to hear every single thing going on there. Uh, because I'm just obsessed with music like that. And so that's how we check the mixes. That's how we listen to our demos just for even for the band. We'll put them on and be like, what's it sound like in the car? You know, are you vibing in the car? Because if you're vibing in the car, there's a good chance you're vibing your headphones. Yeah. Um, and so that that would be my answer. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because a lot of times the answer is typically headphones, either ear you know, earbuds or headphones, because when a, a song's mixed, it's usually in headphones or a an earbud. Yeah. People assume, oh, it's it's mixed for the best quality there. But it, it's interesting you say that because like thinking back, especially to the last couple of albums that I've listened to straight through for the first time, I think I was in my car for every one of those, yeah. like the last four or five albums. And it was for that same reason that like, is this something I can just put on and fucking drive to and, and, you know, not be worried about skipping songs or whatever, yep. just really being able to take it all in. You can borderline recreate a show environment, right? Where you get the vibrations, you get, it's loud, you're surrounded by it, you feel it, your, your heart, your lungs, everything feels it, your air moves from the bass. <laughs> like you can create these things that, that are, uh, you know, there are a physical experience as opposed to just an audible experience, which is what headphones are, which are still great. Right. It's not like I have the AirPods Pro, whatever the little silicon. Like those are awesome. God, they sound incredible. But like that sound and the experience of listening is just, it's the neck up. Right. And so that's fine if I know the songs. But when I'm like, if you like Josh, if you were like, yo, check out this record. I would probably just go in my car, t- turn it up and drive and just like, you know, enjoy myself and the music until I was done listening to it and then come back. I would probably do that rather than like sit and put it on like a Bluetooth speaker while I'm hanging out. I don't, I like almost never, ever, ever do that. Almost never. Yeah. If I put it on, if I put it on music to play at home in my house, like um, whether it's downstairs, like this is my office. So if it's on my right. studio speakers or if it's a Bluetooth, I have the assumption that I'm walking away from the speakers, yeah. right? 
I'm going to live my life, which means I'm not listening, which feels a bit disrespectful to unless I know the song so well that I'm like, oh, I know the words as I'm walking away and I know right. I can come back in at any time. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think that's, like I said, I think that's really interesting. So I'm going to challenge people for your EP at least. They need to get in your, their car and just fucking vibe to it when it drops and just let it let it marinate, let it, you know, all soak in in the car. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. we should put it. I should change our Spotify info to just say like car rock, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. like it's funny because I like if you went back, you know, 3000 text messages in our band chat, like our band text group. text. Right. Like, I feel like everyone was like, so are we going to practice? This is exciting. I'm, and I was like, I just want to make songs that people like fucking blast in their cars. And that was like what I was like, that's what I want to make. Because that's what I love. That's what I do. And I want other people to get in that vibe. And I think that's what we've done with these songs. Awesome, man. So let's do kind of the fun wrap-up question. Uh, let's say next year, you know, the, the full link's getting ready to drop. In a perfect world, who's playing the album release show with you? Ooh. Hmm. That is, oh, that's a tough question <laughs> because everybody who would play is way bigger than us. <laughs> so I'd be like, fuck. Um, Are you going to open at your own album release? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to headline it, but I feel like I'd be a pretty big <laughs> asshole to headline over the people I'd want to play with. Um, hey, I would it's a love perfect it. world, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would really love it if, like, uh, I think I'd really love it if, like, Real Friends played. Yeah. I would really love it if, like, The Dangerous Summer played and maybe, like, the early November. Solid. I think, like, those three different genres coming together, I think we would fit nicely with all of those kind of genres. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously, like, you could, you could go to the moon with some right oh it'd be great if like fucking alkaline trio played you know okay let's <laughs> right. come back to earth a little bit you know um you don't but, think you don't think dustin and thrice will uh play the show with you ah uh, i mean <laughs> i would i don't think i would do well performing a show with them i would be too nervous <laughs> i would go to the green room and be like Thanks for coming. I you didn't have to come. And they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. we're playing. And I'd be like, you don't have to play. It's fine. no, no, it's fine. Go. <laughs> we we got this. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, no one would want to listen to us after listening to Thrice, though. No. <laughs> they'd be like, yeah. Thrice is better. I don't know why we're listening to it. <laughs> so but how cool would it be? Obviously, like we're talking kind of pipe dream here, but like, wouldn't it be amazing if some of those bands, you know, were like, no, we think you are the next. The next thing you know the next evolution yeah you're you're going to at least like i think it'd be really cool to be like on tour with some of those bands and then mm -hmm. your album release show they're like hey you're taking the headline spot tonight like how fucking dope would that be that would be i mean that that would just be world making you know um like even the other day the the dangerous summer is coming through our area and they're looking for like an opener with secondhand serenading chris was trying to get us on that show but it was going to be an acoustic show because it was like stripped mm -hmm. down yeah and i was like ah if we're going to play on a bill with these guys 
I don't want it to be acoustic. I want it to be us. Right. And, and so it was like kind of a tough thing. We were like, ah, okay, let's pass on it. And we'll come. Like, I, I don't, I, there's one chance for that first impression and I don't want to blow it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's everything I've got for you, dude. Uh, so let's do kind of the, the standard outro. We've already plugged the, uh, the socials, but like, what can people expect from you? Um, you know, as they're getting out there and finding you, and is there anything you want to tell them? Obviously, we want them to listen to the music and follow you. Uh, but is there anything specific you want them to know about the, the EP dropping? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so a uh, couple things, just a general wrap up here. Uh, we are playing a show in November. Um, it's actually November 14th. We're playing with the Spill Canvas. And that's in Easton, Pennsylvania. And tickets for that are on sale now on our website, sleepcyclesmusic.com. Um, fans can check us out on Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, all that. We have four songs we've currently released. At the end of October, we're releasing two more to complete our first EP, which you'll see all the art and name for it when, when that stuff pops. Um, and in the meantime, people can expect us to be playing shows in and around the, the, the East Coast area for the next, I'd say, half a year to, to, to nine months so we can build a little bit of a circuit. And then after yeah. that, probably the end of 2022, we might make some waves towards like the Midwest, up north, up south, try to hop on some like, you know, week long runs with uh, with some hopefully by then some some bigger bands that we've become, you know, closer to. Um and just to to give us a shout if you listen to a song and if you like it let us know we'd love to hear from you send us the message we're all really nice people awesome man i appreciate your time uh thanks for doing this and i'm looking forward to it like i said you know i've obviously recently found out about you guys but um i think like we're saying earlier there's an honesty to your music that I don't want to say isn't present in music today, but it, it doesn't seem to be as prevalent in music today. Mm. I, I, think I, that's I completely a really key agree with you. For you. I completely agree with you. It's like borderline frustrating. And so thank you very much, man. I appreciate your support. And it was great meeting you, Josh. Yeah. Awesome to meet you, man. So I'm over in Indiana. So hopefully that Midwest run will happen uh, sooner rather than later. And we'll get out and wake up. Let's go. Indiana, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, all right, man. I appreciate it. Have a good night, all right? Absolutely. Take care, brother. Have a good one. Bye. And that was my conversation with Chris Newhard of the band Sleep Cycles. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. I had an awesome time talking to Chris. He's such a down-to-earth dude, and, you know, obviously we share the same view on some of our music choices and things like that, which is always nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm genuinely excited about their new music and them getting to release more stuff and just where the potential for this band really is is at. And, you know, I, I say that knowing that they've only got a couple songs out right now. They've you know, recorded this EP and and all of that, but they've not really been able to do a whole lot as a collective unit right now, you know, and I think that's one of those things where when you can look at a band, especially this early in their their formation, and truly get excited, it's 
just it's fun and it's what is awesome about music because these are guys that in different variations have been in bands and you know had different levels of success and things like that and they've come together to make this kind of you know like i said earlier this kind of super group if you will and uh i think that the cool thing with this group and chris kind of alluded to it but there's no egos and you know they we talked about imposter syndrome and how everybody kind of feels that way sometimes and you know when i think when a lot of people experience imposter syndrome um it's humbling because you're you're kind of humbling yourself and I think that is a huge advantage for an artist because when you're able to humble yourself a little bit, um, obviously imposter syndrome sucks and, you know, starts causing you to question things. But if you can manage it and, you know, stay humble and not have these illusions that that you are or were bigger than what you are and, and things like that, then the expectation bar for yourself is a lot lower, which means you can have a lot more fun. And by having a lot more fun, typically you're going to bring in more fans. You're going to have better shows. You're going to make better music. So really, really stoked for these guys. Definitely want you to jump over, follow them on any of the social media platforms, hit that follow button on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to music. Uh, make sure you're keeping up with them. They've got all kinds of cool shit happening. So, um, yeah, that's everything, guys. Um, as always, I want you to jump over to you know our podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Make sure that you're following it. Uh, give us a like, a share, and a, a subscription, whatever they call it on, on that platform. Um, but definitely share it with your friends and things like that. Hit us up on Instagram. That's where I am most active. So at you make the scene on Instagram and um, leave a comment. Let me know if you checked out sleep cycles based off of this episode. Um, and, you know, hopefully you, you do. So <laughs> let me know what you think. And I'm sure the guys would be stoked to hear any feedback as well. So with all that being said, I think what we're going to do tonight for the takeout of this episode is going to be their latest, as of the recording of this episode, uh, the song that I want to do off the upcoming EP is going to be Come On and Say It, featuring Fred Mascherino from The Color Fred. This is Sleep Cycles, guys. Remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you...
time.